And welcome everyone to week 11 of the Left Coasters podcast. My name is Tony Cavallo. I'm here with Brian Balzarini. I got that right? You got it right All this right. time. All right, I'm doing better and better each time. And our, our normal third, Matt D'Angelo Antonio, is not with us today. It is actually his girlfriend's birthday week. He's been missing since about Thursday. The only contact we've had with him has been through Instagram photos of them doing really cute things like pumpkin picking and going to Disney and all that stuff. Yeah, so, we're thinking about you, buddy. Yeah, I mean, stay Hope strong. Hope you're doing man. okay. Stay strong. He missed probably the best weekend of the NFL this weekend. Yeah, but seriously, have a happy, happy birthday, Allie. Yeah. Hope you guys are having a good time tonight. He'll be back next week. Uh, and But in his stead, we have a wonderful guest host, born and raised in Kalamazoo, Michigan, standing six foot four, two 225 pounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> baby, my dreams. A Michigan Wolverine <laughs> fan, a Chicago Cub fan, and a Detroit Lions fan, Mr. Drew Schaefer Crookston. Welcome, buddy. Let's do it. It is a pleasure to be here, gentlemen, with my good friends. Uh, I'm ready to do this thing. Let's talk some sports. It was a good one. You're sitting here on a good podcast, man. We got a lot to talk about. A bunch of good games this week in the wow. NFL. Ten of the 14 games ended within seven points of each other. Six of 14 within three points. A lot of teams made their mark this week, said, I'm here. I'm going to be something to contend with. There were a lot of statement wins. Brian, I'm going to start with you. Which team came out the most and said, we are here today? For me, unfortunately, Mr. Cavallo, oh, it's no. going to be the Tennessee Titans and what they did to the Green Bay Packers. I'll talk about this. That's That was we impressive. Talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it was seriously impressive. I think it, that was the first time I saw Marcus Mariota look like a second overall pick. You he know what I mean? Awesome. He, he proved what they were hoping for because everything played to his strengths. I mean, he was dipping and dunking and running and triple optioning his face off. And he, he looked the part and everybody looked the pieces. And I don't remember this team looking this good at, at, at the early part of the season. No, you said last week that watch out when your ticker comes across that Tennessee might be leading this game and Tony will be pulling his hair out. All that happened on Sunday. I love to believe I was that smart to, to call that. That was just more gut, and honestly. Green like, Bay looked like poop. Oh, God. You talk about Marcus Mariota. This is a guy, I have a lot of family in Nashville. He's a beacon in that community. People love him there. And Donovan McNabb said today on Center that he would want him over any other young quarterback in the league. And that's saying something. This guy has a ton of ability. Not only does he look the part off the field and on the field, he's just got, he's fearless. Yeah. Uh, what you said, Brian, uh, when we were talking off air about him throwing some pick sixes in the early in the season, he's learning from that. Clearly. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 he doesn't have a lot of talent around him. He's got a good running game, yeah. but this is a guy that's going to go better and better and better. And I think they can upgrade in coaching. Titans, Titans, could be Titans are scary. I, d- I dare you to name one player on their defense that you just are in love with. They have a McCourty on there. It's not Devin McCourty. <laughs> yes. It's the other McCourty. And that's my point. I, I would that. say Javon Curse. This kid's <laughs> yeah. doing it with very little at his disposal. You know, like oh, yeah. I don't know when wide- Delaney Walker is your best wide receiver. Your your offense. So in kudos trouble. to him to no, make things seriously. work. And Mike Malarkey. Hats off to you, sir. Hey, they keep going. He's, he's an easy and by the way, the they're five and five. They've brought back they're the power five running game. Five and five and. They look better than the Houston Texans. Yeah, Houston, I don't know Newsflash. how they've won these games. Brock Osweiler threw for 99 yards and won 99 another game. Yards. How did that happen? Oh, here's another crazy stat. Two, count them, two rushing touchdowns all year. For the That's Texans? At the, the Houston Texans all year. Two touchdowns, both out of Lamar. How Miller. are they winning? Hey, guys, ask me what their point differential is. What are the, what's the Houston Texans point differential? They're the only team leading the division with a negative point differential besides our beloved Detroit Lions, which is at minus one. The Texans are minus 27. Oh my and they're God. winning their division. Minus 27. Think about that. That's, that's bizarre. That's terrible. Then on the flip side, the Buffalo Bills, plus 44. 
Buffalo Bills plus 44, and they're what? Plus 34, and they're 34. And they're in their division. Dead, dead. So Tennessee's knocking on the door. Uh, Drew, what what team stood out the most to you this week with their statement win? Yeah, I'm going to go one in the AFC and one in the uh, NFC, if you guys don't mind. Sorry to you know, be uh, aggressive here with my first <laughs> guest speaker, but I, I have to get these two teams because I was very impressed. And those two teams for me uh, were the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. And before we start talking about it, people might think, oh, well, that's pretty obvious. You know, those are great teams. But for me, these teams proved this week that not only are they contenders, they might be the downright favorites in their respective divisions. What the Cowboys did in Pittsburgh, I faded them all year, of course, for recreational purposes only. I didn't really believe them. I, I obviously Dak and Zeke have been incredible. They have a great offensive line, but to MVP go to, offensive line. But to go to Pittsburgh to play a veteran team that needed that win, yeah. that was aimed for that win, coming Absolutely. off a terrible week, yeah, uh, they were really backs against the wall, getting down twelve three early, and to win the way they did in the fashion they did. They're number one in. They should be number one in every team's power rankings right now. I'm Absolutely. talking about in week sixteen or week seventeen at the conclusion of the regular season. Right now, the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, most and, complete team. And they really have no weaknesses. I don't know and, any 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 part of their game where I'm going. Oh, they that's they're going to get exposed by somebody. I will say there's no complete team in the NFL this year. Like there's no team that's head and tails above the rest. They're the because da- Dallas is the closest, but that defense is a little suspect. Pittsburgh, especially at the end of the game, was able to do whatever but, they wanted. But, but they're causing. Really they're Absolutely. causing turnovers, you know. They're making they're Absolutely. making it work, and they have a very good points against. You know, they're one of the lowest in their in, in the NFC. Sadly, I sat there at the end of that game, and I, I said to my buddies that I, I I think I'm starting to hate this Dallas team because I see what they can become, and I don't know if they're going to lift the trophy at the end of this season. But that team is built to stay around for a long time. And you know what they do really well? What? They win at home. Yeah, five yeah. and zero. Do you know there's only Jerry World? F- there's only four teams. Four teams that have a undefeated record at home, five and zero. Philly. That's the interesting fact. Philly is the only team that isn't in first place in their division. Oh, really? The other teams are read them: the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. unbelievable, and the next team is the Seattle Seahawks. Wow. So yeah. those are all division leaders. The only team right now, currently, that is also winning at home and is undefeated is the Philadelphia Eagles in last place. Well, Dallas is here to stay. I'm scared about them. When you draft Young in the offensive line and they actually come together and gel, top five running back in the NFL, top five wide anything. receiver. You could do anything. That should be the top five tight end. Oh, Ages for sure. Wonder, Jason for Martin, sure. You know every team right now is going to go in the next three to four years because it's a copycat league. Everybody's going to just start drafting offensive linemen. Yeah. Like crazy. If they haven't already. You know, that team put every first-round draft pick into the O-line. Into that O-line. And it took years. And, and Jerry is, Jones was made fun of for years, drafting Travis Frederick, Zach centers Martin. Centers and like, pulling on. guards, but and it, they are reaping the benefit the of best, it. The best team, best offense in football very, because very of young. it. Yeah, it's they scary how young they are. Kind of crossing sports, which we'll talk about later, but they kind of remind me of the Chicago Cubs of <laughs> two years ago. We'll uh, talk about that, though. Uh, that but can me. I talk about the Chiefs first? Yeah, yeah, you said I the mean, Chiefs as my well. My word, the Chiefs, once again, playing the defending NFC champion, defending MVP in a game where the Panthers absolutely needed to win. Yes. That was basically a season. And once again, what I look for in these teams on the road, when they get in a hole, it's really easy to lay over them. Yeah, you absolutely. You're not expected to win on the road. And for the Chiefs to get down and win the fashion they did, 
I think people in the, the Peyton Manning era and the Broncos have just penciled the Chiefs in the five seed because the Broncos dominate the division. Rightfully so. They don't really do much in the, in the in the playoffs anyway. This year could be different for me. I think the Chiefs are a very complete team. When you look at they're just a very offensively, defensively, they're very balanced. They're very well coached, and we all know Andy records or Andy Reid's record out of a bye. Right now, I think that I think that Chiefs team is better than the offensively challenged Broncos, even yes. though Denver is insane defensively. On defense, yeah. And the Raiders are still young. I think all three of those teams make the playoffs, but I think the Chiefs are the front runners to win that division, and Andy Reid's record off a of bye and that two seed is huge. Yeah, they it could is. be the AFC Championship, guys. They could, and New England just lost a game. They could even be a one seed if they continue to Surprising. win out. New England's got some tough games remaining. Uh, it's it's a scary it's a scary thought, and I think other than Dallas, I think Kansas City is the most complete team in the NFL. I can't name a weakness in that team. Might not be able to name their players. You know what I mean? They're not household names, but they're a complete team. And you know team. what's putting them over the edge? Alex Smith's play. He's playing great. Playing, he really is. Playing well, gets the job done, and he's not causing any commotion. He's just getting the job done. In this day of age, in the NFL, if you don't beat yourselves, you're going to win more games than you lose. And he's throwing the, the long ball. He's throwing the long ball. Yeah. There was a long ball touchdown. He's showing that he's doing what he couldn't do last year. Yeah, and uh, as for the other side of this coin, two teams that I'll give you that had probably the worst losses of the week, just laid absolute eggs, is the aforementioned Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, Both these teams bad. sitting in the NFC North. Was, were thought to be fighting tooth and nail for top two seeds in the NFL together at the beginning of the season. Hasn't gone that way. And Drew, now that you're here and you're a Detroit Lions fan, I want to pitch this over to you because last week we picked who was going to win this division uh, out of the NFC North. And Brian and Dangles both were not on my side, but I sat here and said Detroit Lions are the best team in this division. And somehow, some way, a mobile J- Jim Caldwell was going <laughs> to see his way into the playoffs. What are you thinking about this, buddy? They sit there leading right now. Well, you look like a genius if you said that last week because I don't think anyone expected the, the the Packers to lay an egg against the Titans and the Vikings to come up short against the Redskins. Listen, I'm a Lions fan, and me and Brian talk about it. I think at this point, we're just waiting for it to not blow up in our face. <laughs> Absolutely. We've won a division oh, since, God. I think, Absolutely. Know, 98, or is that the wild card, 92 or whatever. And so, you I think know, it was 91, actually. But, but, for us, but for us, really, if you look at our schedule, if you just look at our schedule, we have Jacksonville this week, we have Minnesota for Thanksgiving, then we have three very tough road games in December. We go to New Orleans, we go to the Giants, we go to the Cowboys. Even, if we, lose, even if we lose all three of those, which I expect to do, our two remaining home games are the Bears at home and the Packers on New Year's Day, the last game of the season. I have us at nine and seven, and I think at this point, I think nine and seven wins that division. I think you're right. And eight and, and eight might even. And think, I think about that. I think Stafford clearly has had a flair for the dramatic this year, but he's playing since Calvin left with a different type of leadership that I've seen from him, where he's really expecting his teammates to make plays. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and he's I think, holding I think them that's accountable. A, I think that's the first time I've seen that in him. He he would he's always been a tougher than nails and a good leader, but he's got a little fire under his ass this year. Absolutely. I like the way he looks. The defense can get healthy, who knows, but God, Detroit would burn down if we hosted a playoff. Wouldn't game. it be awesome if it came down to Week 17, Green Bay at Detroit? I, I, I kind of ex- I kind of expect it, but I I don't know. I don't feel good. Lions do they never do well Let's against the Packers? In week 16. <laughs> like yeah. like they never play well against the Packers in those moments. I have too many memories of Matt Flynn blowing us up when we we, we should have won the division. 
Not well. I have I have memories of us blowing Matt Flynn up on Thanksgiving, but <laughs> right. But obviously, I think the I think the sour taste in your mouth is obviously last year's game, the Thursday night game. Oh yeah, the, the which Mary. we were all together. But for. the Lions find a way to lose against the Packers quite often, and I don't know why this year is different. It's closer than it's ever been. You, you guys, guys do call, have to that. call me back if if they do make the playoffs because I have these texts from Mr. Brian Balzarini after the first time we played the Packers. He did not have very nice things to say about the Lions. <laughs> Would you? So, did anybody? No, they no. looked saying, awful. I, I just, I just hope we we win this division so we can come back and read those on air. That'd I got fun. no problem airing my my dirty laundry out because they they deserved every bit of that and they're getting every bit of credit now. But let's not get too excited. They didn't play this week. That's why they look so that good. That might have saved them. That's, and they won, that's why, they won three times. That's why they're looking so good right now. So keep that in mind. At 5-4 and four with a negative point differential, they've got some work to do. Green Bay doesn't look like they can beat anybody. Minnesota can't do anything other than play good I'll defense. say it again. Detroit didn't play this week. If yeah. they played and had a tight match against the... Actually, the, the, yeah. the Giants. Yeah, you know what would we be talking about? We'd be talking about like, oh, you know, if they lost another close one. You know, it's 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 all in the life, man. Just ride it out. Yeah, right. Like we talked about, though, if you win your home games in this league and don't beat yourself up, you're going to win more games than you should. And like I said, that schedule is pretty favorable. That is a favorable schedule. Hey, man. And I, I mean, I'll believe I it when I, I see it, man. I don't Same believe here, the Giants either. You know what I mean? Like those aren't tough games to me when you go in and play the Giants. They could lay an egg themselves. The but the Giants have the Bears and the Browns back to back weeks. They're going to be eight and three, and obviously, <laughs> clearly, the records inflated at that. Point. And you know who's got the easiest schedule here on out? Denver. And you know who took the Giants under at the start of the season? Tony. <laughs> He's lose that bet. That's not looking good, buddy. No, it's no. not. Uh, my other two are though. It's okay. Um, so now we're going to move on to Gravestones, everyone's favorite game. And Drew, we, uh, uh, you know this game. We're going to explain it to you again. We have a grave pool of six teams. That's Cleveland, Chicago, San Fran, the Jets, Jacksonville, and the fighting Miami Dolphins. And uh, those are six teams we started with in the, in the graveyard, teams that weren't going to make the playoffs. Then each week we pick our own teams one by one, and I'm going to give you mine first. Please. My past five weeks I've done San Diego, Carolina, New Orleans. Arizona and Tampa Bay. That's a lot of NFC teams I've given the kibosh to. So but they gonna, all deserve it. They did, they did. But I'm going to go back to uh, the AFC for this one. It's the team that lost on Monday night. Uh, that's the Cincinnati Bengals. I just don't trust this team. They got a good passing offense. AJ Green's one of the best in the league. But Andy Dalton can't do it for me. They can't run the ball in their defense. They get too many penalties. Tell they me just... any any part of that team you want. Yeah, other than I, AJ I, Green. AJ, yeah. Give me AJ Green. The rest of it I could probably do without. Truly, truly, and and, and that. No offense to, you know, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns, but that division's weak as hell. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I still think and I contend that the Pittsburgh Steelers are still the best team in that division. The way they played the Cowboys, they're the first team that actually made the Cowboys kind of look like they could they could mess up. Barring a real long run, they the win that game. The Cowboys, and Cowboys had every answer to them. Yeah, yeah. it was a good game, but the game Steelers the are put, but the Cincinnati Bengals, dude, I, I, I can't I can't go to bat for them. I can't. Yeah, no, uh, it's it's really not good. So, Brian, we're going to stick it over to you, my man. You got uh, past five weeks, you've killed Indy, Carolina, L.A., Baltimore, and Arizona. So, who you got? Who's, yeah. who's going to the graveyard uh, this week? This one's, a, this one's a purely statistical and mathematical 
reason, and that is the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, it's time to go. Phil. When you're sitting at the bottom at four and six, facing a seven and two, a seven and two, and a seven and three team, <laughs> good luck with that. It's and, almost impossible. And the way they're losing, and the way they're not coming out on those really close games, yeah. it makes it really, really tough for anybody to sit there and say that this is going to be the year they make it to the playoffs. No, absolutely not. Uh, uh, Drew, you got anything to say about those two teams? Any surprises there, or do you agree with us killing them? I, I agree with that. I mean, Philip Rivers, um, man, is he is he just how many years does he have left? And well, I think he's a lot of years left because he can sling it with with the best of them. But he he makes some big mistakes, and I agree with the Bengals. I think that team is just it's tired. Marvin Lewis is one of the longest. It does seem tired. They're just tired. It's yeah. the same team. They have never won a playoff game. I know last year was really controversial because you know McCarron played, Dalton was hurt. And obviously, everyone knows what went on with, with the Steelers game there. But like, I I agree with you. I think I think both those teams are done. Okay, God, that's that's profound. If you think about the Cincinnati Bengals, how far they've fallen. Yeah, no, it's not. They were good. that next it team, that team yeah. that was turning the corner, and then they just. We were all asking who was the contender to New England in this AFC race, and, and we were talking. Cincy, people were talking about Cincy. Talk people. Cincy and Pittsburgh, and then both not looking too. Nobody good. nobody considered them not for a wild card. Think so about that. with Dangles not here, he cannot contribute to his gravestone pick. So we're going to give the mantle over to Drew. You're going to take Dangles' reins here, and you're going to add a team to his graveyard. He killed in the past five weeks. Indy, Giants, Baltimore. <laughs> Starting off wow. terrible dangles. Would not get not would not kill the Giants that Indy, early. Giants, Baltimore, LA, and Tampa Bay. Who are you adding to his grave pool? I'm tempted, Tony, to take uh the Packers, but I do want to get invited back. So I'm gonna pass on those. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on it, even though some tells me I, I was tempted to take it. I wouldn't argue with you. I would say no one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. Um <laughs> I've watched this team uh, all year. They have a lot of talent. In fact, which is crazy to me, uh, they have a plus 34 point differential, and they're in third place at 4 and 5. However, they're not making the playoffs. Wow. They just, they, they T-Rod, just, no T-Mobile they, love? They, they, they don't have the ability to make the playoffs this year. Uh, it seems just like a string of bad luck for that team last 20 years, uh, some people could argue, but especially this year. I mean, they played... They left everything on the field. Uh, we're talking about last Monday night, of course, against the yeah. Seahawks. Yeah. And when the NFL just blatantly just screws you out of so many opportunities in one game, it's just not your year. That that last field goal sequence at the end of the first half was the most bizarre Ridiculous. thing I've ever seen on any level of football. For them to not throw the the, the flag on the roughing the kicker, taking the kicker out because he needs attendance because Richard Sherman speared his knee. <laughs> That's ridiculous. And then spotting the ball with four seconds on the game clock, it's just not your year. So Here's I'll a, take the Bills, and I'm pretty confident. So they have to catch to make the playoffs. They have to catch New England at, what, 7-2, and two, and then or Denver at the wild card at 7-3. and three. Next couple of games for the Bills, they're going to the Bengals and host the Jaguars, two winnable games. Then they got to go to Oakland, and they have to host the Steelers. Two not so winnable games. Then you got the Browns, Dolphins, and Jets. So depending on what they do with the Steelers I, I, and Raiders, it's an eight and eight team, but eight and eight doesn't make the playoffs. Okay, okay. I don't know, man. That 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 didn't sound only, that bad. To th- me. I mean, there's only two real tough games in there. But then again, those two real tough games, if they pull one out, Oakland starts to fall, Denver starts to fall, they're in there. But Dangles will love you for kicking Rex Ryan. I was going to say league. he's not. He really he's probably will. not upset. He's okay. Listen, the Bills have a lot of ability. They really do. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. I'm not sure if it's a coaching or it's just uh, just a bad year, but just don't have. But it. here's a scary thought. Here's a scary thought. You are going to have like we've talked about probably three, at least two teams come out of the AFC West. Oh, for sure. Might all be three. all three. Might be all okay. three. Okay. 
No doubt. There isn't any other team besides the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills who are sniffing a wild card. That's they what have I'm to saying. do a lot of work, I, the, get the, a lot of help. I, I don't think the wild card will exist in the AFC this year. Yeah. Because just on the mere fact of the winner of the AFC West, the other two teams, whether it be the Raiders and Broncos or the Chiefs and Raiders or whoever, they're going to take – three teams are getting into It looks division. like it. That's what it looks like. So and there's no wild card. That's going to be our recap for week 11 and our gravestone picks. As always, you can email us at theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook and Instagram under the same name. We're going now to the Take Two segment where Drew is going to step in and give his take uh, during his time being a Chicago Cubs fan and the experience he had winning for the first time in 108 years. Ready, folks. <laughs> All right. We'll be here with our Take Two next. As always, guys, ram it. Ram Ram it. Ram it. All right, now we're here for our Take Two segment, and our guest host, Drew, is going to give us a little bit of notes on his famed Chicago Cubs and their World Series win. Drew, take it away. Uh, thank you, Tony. It is a pleasure to talk about this because I experienced uh, last week something that I will never experience again in my life um, because it's simply impossible to duplicate. It was... Um, the best experience I ever had at really of life, and I'm not really embarrassed to say that it was incredible. I had the privilege to go to Chicago for the World Series, being a lifelong Cubs fan, and um, you know, being a Cubs fan is the most generational uh, fan of really any sport. And I've seen SEC country, I've seen how passionate they are. I've lived the Michigan Ohio State rivalry with a really personal twist because half my family's Buckeyes. I've seen great you know football uh, Packers, Steelers fans. Um, the Lakers obviously live in LA when they were good. A Cubs fan, there's nothing like being a Cubs fan because we've never won. That you can't reference a time where we won. So to be in Chicago, and I flew in on the Thursday before Game Three, which was on Friday through Sunday, and um, it all that I can say, guys, is it was it was a a, a magical experience. One I'll never forget. Um, and obviously, everyone knows the result now. But when you're in it, you don't know the result. <laughs> so there's a lot of different emotions you're feeling. Nothing can prepare you for for it as a fan. And going into Game Five, um, we, me, and I stayed with my cousin and my buddy from Kalamazoo. Uh, we we're all together, three of us, and actually a buddy from LA joined us for Game Seven. But we went to the same bar, George Street Pub, which will live in infamy now. Uh-huh. Um, same same bar, same waitress, same table. And going into Game Five that Sunday night, we felt like the the city felt pretty devastated. You know, losing the first two games at Wrigley, uh, we needed to win Game Five yeah. uh, to get it to Game Six. Obviously, we did that. We liked our chances going into Game Six with Jake pitching. Chris hit the home run in the first inning. We sailed through Game Six. Um, we went to bed excited. We woke up want to throw up that that day was something of it is it was just unprecedented in the fact of the emotions you felt we tried going golfing which helped i was gonna briefly. say what'd you do to pass the time we, we went golfing uh briefly and then i literally on the way home i felt carsick i was in the back seat and um <laughs> oh my god no i did i, I really did i felt carsick I, I, I totally believe you and i had to uh, i just i tried to lay down i didn't really sleep but i laid down for 45 minutes we were at the bar probably at 4.30 for uh, 7 o'clock local. You had pitch. to to get there, yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean. So you just tanked before the game? Well, that's the thing. I, I wanted to maintain a level of sobriety <laughs> because I wanted to be present for this. So no, yeah. no, yeah. no, uh, no, 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 really. Yeah. Like, of course I was drinking beer, but I was nursing it. Yeah. And, um, you know, when Dexter, when Dexter, uh, 
led that game off with a home run. You guys ever been watching a game or telecast where it's so loud the camera shakes or you've been in a stadium and yeah. just the noise is tangible where there's like a wall and you kind of hit it? It was like being having a concussion in a fun house in this car. <laughs> it was so bizarre because it was all, it, it literally, it was an out of body. People were screaming, jumping up and down, hugging, but oh, it, wow. didn't, it didn't seem, you couldn't really hear anything. Mm-hmm. You couldn't really make out faces or bodies of celestial it, it was wild <laughs> and the whole game obviously we're in control grandpa ross hits the home run you know we're you know lesser gives up uh, a couple a couple pitches but javi gets him right back or a couple runs off that wild pitch but when chapman gave up that home run to raji davis Unbelievable. Um, oh it, it was man. how tight was your sphincter on that one well <laughs> what he did when he did that it was like you <sighs> It's going to sound dramatic, and I know there's a lot of bigger issues in the world than sports, but it, it, it was it, it was so devastating from the standpoint of everyone in that bar, in that city, you could feel a collective just pain. Yeah. It, it, it was just, it was awake. Yeah. And we just figured this is going to add to the lore of the Cubs, and we're, and, you know, but the good news is, hey, we're young, we're built to win for a long time we'll be back at next year but that was the general feeling guys it was not like let's get him like we lost yeah we lost yeah. because as cubs fans that's all we know we don't know what it's like to win and people say oh it must be a dream come true a lot of people don't have that dream a lot of people just said kind of like even my uncle who made me a cubs fan is like i don't really think about the cubs in the world series because it'd be too weird up <laughs> until this year you know it's like was, your identity it, it 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 was so it was so bizarre and obviously not to get into any you know bigger things but the country has been super divided this whole election there was such a sense of unity there that was really cool it didn't matter what your political party was what race what gender it didn't it no one cared everyone was for the Chicago Cubs and and obviously it's well documented the rain delay happens Jason Hayward gives a speech that was and, dramatic and when, um, as hell. And actually, the first, the only time, believe it or not, that um, I was even emotional is when <laughs> Zobrist hit that double. Yep. It was just such a sense of us against 108 years, and he comes That's to the second the base. Guy, the guy Madden and, and, brings and, in. And, and he jumps off gave so base. much mojo and, on those punches. And, and you saw Rizzo at third base like going like this, like he couldn't believe it. You thought... I th- I thought we were going to win again, and it was it was really powerful. Miggy gets the single, we bring out CG Edwards, gets two outs, can't make the third out, and then Mike Montgomery. Um, and I want to take you through this last play, which was just so bizarre because you got to remember, we're in a bar, it's you can hear a coin drop, mm-hmm. and so when when we know that Michael Martinez kid's fast for the Indians, when he hits that little chopper to Chris Bryant, all oh, we hear Joe yeah. Buck say is, "Roll it to Bryant." This is going to be a tough play. Then you see Chris field it. With a smile you, on his face. Well, no, you see him slip. Yeah. He pivots and he slips because it's wet. Yeah. And once again, time stood still because you feel that ball is going to sail over his head. Yeah. And it, Raji's moving, so if it, gets, if, it kicks, if it kicks off the dugout, he's going to score. And it just landed 1247 on November 3rd <laughs> Eastern time. It lands in Rizzi's glove. And that was a... Spectacle, and my only regret about the whole experience is I was sober as a judge. <laughs> I don't know what happened 15 minutes after that happened. It was constant. It was just it was just the most joyous, joyous experience ever, and to basically <laughs> celebrate with these patrons at the bar, complete strangers, you felt like family. 
And when you walked out, you had a whole city screaming, honking their horns, waving the W flag, high-fiving, hugging, crying. It was bizarre. It was euphoric. It was existential. It was the best experience ever, and I'm so lucky to have have done it. And I will say to all the fans out there that really care, you know, like it's easy just to kind of be a fair weather fan and not get too worked up and not let it affect you. And I understand that because you don't, a lot of people don't want them to ruin their day. Well, Mm -hmm. all the days that have been ruined, it's worth it. I mean, it's, it's completely, it's completely worth it because you can't, you, you'll never get that back. And, and what, and what, and what was so special about the Cubs is how they were built. How in 2011, Theo Epstein comes in, he tells the fan base, and today of big market teams like Chicago, win now, win now, win now. He says, guys, we're going to get a lot worse before we get better. And they lost 300 games their first three seasons. And last year, out of nowhere, they win 97, and they're the darlings of the MLB and surprise team. Guess what? It wasn't a surprise to anybody in that organization or anybody that followed the Cubs closely because they built through the draft that that, that, that 10th inning that we talk about. You look at that 10th inning, Kyle Schwarber, 2014 fourth overall pick leads off with a single after tearing his knee in three places in April 6th. <laughs> he just comes back and hits 419 in the World Series. Hasn't no big played deal. all year. No big he deal. gets pinch run for by Albert Moore Jr. Theo's first ever draft pick in 2012 center fielder of the future gets pinch run for Chris Bryant who's going to be the named MVP on Wednesday. He's unanimous MVP. Hits the deep fly ball doesn't get it out but moves him over off a heads up play from mm-hmm. Moore Jr. Almore Jr. scores a go-ahead run. They walk Rizzi, who he got in trade, and and Zobras from the Red Sox. You're welcome. Yep, yep. And and the and the Zobra and the, and obviously Benny Zo, uh, Zobras with with the single, who he got in an off-season uh, free agent. You look at the ninth, C.J. Edwards. He was a 48th round draft pick. They don't have that round anymore in the Major League <laughs> Baseball. They don't have it anymore. He was a 40th. He was a third player in a trade for Matt Garza, who's a dumpster fire now. <laughs> He led that inning off. Yeah, Mike Montgomery, who made the last out, hadn't recorded an out in a major league career. They got him at the trade deadline from Seattle. It was an afterthought. He's an afterthought. He's gonna be there. He's gonna be the rotation next year. So to do it the way they did from the ground up with the transparency they had from ownership all the way down to the fans, it was truly in every sense. And everyone always says that every team that wins it, this is for you. You know, insert city here. No, that we won that. We won a world championship. That's 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 how we felt, and that's how we should feel. And that's the beauty of a team that had been so rooted in the tradition of the city, generation to generation, generation to generation. That's what how long it takes to sometimes build this great epic thing. Because guess what? Your kids are going to talk about how great the New England Patriots were. We're all going to talk about how great Tom Brady was. You know, and to imagine how that is now just infused in Boston, to have that experience now infused in Chicago, there will be no greater like sports experience probably in the next, you know, couple of years that can top the epicness of that. It took five years to win a world championship, and for every year it took, that's how many million people showed up for the championship parade. Unbelievable. Think about that. The seventh largest gathering in world history. That's crazy. So we're not talking about we're not talking about baseball history. We're not talking about sports history. City that history. was a world event. Yeah. And I have videos to prove it. Oh boy. It was it must uh, be marvelous to be a part of like a Bernie Sanders speech. Oh god. <laughs> it was the coolest experience of my life and we're built to last. Existential, the Cubs. man. Now we just need to get another one.
Yeah, well, they built you, man, and that's uh, that's the hope we have as Rams fans that we can slowly build our way to dominance. And let's uh, talk about the Rams' nine-six victory in our next segment against the Jets. Five years, Tony, bringing it back. Five years, <laughs> Five years away, ram it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is finally happening. Jared Goff is going to start at quarterback this coming Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, and we will finally get to get our first look on the field in action at the number one overall pick of the 2016 NFL Draft. This is the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Matt D'Angelo Antonio, one-third of your co-hosting cohort. Normally, I'd also be joined by Brian Balzarini and Tony Cavallo, uh, but we learned about Goff being the starter uh, after we recorded the Rams uh, recap segment, which you're going to hear next. Uh, but we wanted to touch on this before we got to the Rams recap for you, because this is just such an important development in the season. And, and we thought that it couldn't wait for all three of us to be in the same room again. So I'm basically just going to go through a couple of things here that I think we should be aware of and try at least as best I can to speak on behalf of Tony and Brian uh, uh, to talk about some of the things that, that we're looking towards. Uh, one thing I think is, is obvious is that we're all very excited. Uh, this is something that if you've been listening to our show, you know that we have been calling for Goff to come in for weeks, long before the bye, and maybe even long before before we even started about thinking about who should be the quarterback after the Rams' bye week. Um, Rams fans have been clamoring for him to start. We know that when Tony went to the Panthers game two weeks ago when they played the Rams at the Coliseum, there were chances we want Goff starting well before halftime, maybe even as early as when the offense first took the field. Uh, offensive coordinator Rob Boris for the Rams said this week that Goff is making progress at the line, making his reads, and that more importantly, I think, at least to me, he's coming along in the classroom as well. If you've listened to our show, you know that one of the concerns that we brought up about Goff is that maybe he's not as much of a tape freak as someone like Carson Wentz. He's not going to maybe spend as much time, uh, you know, uh, reviewing tape, going over coverages, trying to sort of read up on what exactly he's going to face in the next week. Uh, he, he relies more on his raw talent, of which he has plenty. Uh, but I know personally, I'm hoping that he is is as the season goes on and it sounds like this is the case uh, that Rob Boris is corroborating it that he spends more time in the film room watching tapes and really getting a sense of what he should expect from these uh, NFL caliber defenses which are far and away more talented athletically physically and football IQ wise than anything he ever faced in the Pac-12 a little information on Goff as you know he went first overall uh, to the Los Angeles Rams which they they traded up a couple of picks to get uh, uh, get him he comes out of Marin Catholic High School in Kentfield, California. A few things to note from the combine. He was a 110 inches on his broad jump, 27 on his vertical. Uh, his three-cone drill was 7.17 seconds, and he ran a 4.840 yard dash, so he can move. That tells me that he can get on his horse and get out of the pocket if he needs to. One of the biggest things I think that I'm going to be watching for personally, and I, I would imagine that Tony and Brian would say the same things, is really to get a look at Jared Goff's arm, because this is what they're banking on almost uh, everything with him is that he has got such a cannon and it's going to be a question of whether or not he can take that cannon of an arm and that raw talent that he has and translate it into making middle of the field reads being able to pick up blitz packages understanding uh, you know who how many are in the box who's coming across the line and who's not and you know that's one thing that also could we could be watching for in the past you've probably heard uh, at least I know on last week's episode you probably heard Tony and I arguing over whether Goff starting was going to make a difference for the 
the Rams' running game. Tony believes that if Goff starts, it will open up more room for Todd Gurley to get some yardage because teams uh, are, uh, or rather, because Goff will be able to read that the box is stacked against uh, Gurley and audible out of that. I'm still not convinced that just having a new quarterback under center, especially one with as little pro experience as Jared Goff, is actually going to translate into a visible difference in the way that Todd Gurley is producing yardage this year. But, I mean, it's worth a shot. Look, to this point, teams have been content to stack the box pretty much against Gurley all the time, force him to to make or to, to pick up yards after contact and rely on Case Keenum's sometimes noodly arm to, you know, be able to make interceptions. Defenses don't have a lot of respect for Case Keenum. At least they haven't up until this point. And so I think they've been content to just stack the box. And if Gurley rips off one big run, big deal, because they know they're going to have Keenum covered or they would have had Keenum covered. But uh, as far as Keenum goes, you know, it's definitely time. I mean, just taking a look at his stats uh, from the course of this season, he's completing uh, just 61% of his passes uh, for over two, uh, just over 2,000 yards. He's thrown nine touchdowns and 11 interceptions. And man, when you are winning games by just field goals, now this is the second time, by the way, when they beat the Jets that they have won on field goals and field goals alone because the offense couldn't get into the end zone. Um, this is this. It's time. There needs to be fresh blood in there. Rams fans are excited about it. We're excited about it. Hopefully the coaching staff on the Rams will be excited about it going into this week. Um, I think it really remains to be seen ultimately how successful Goff is going to be. We won't know until we see him playing whether or not he's able to make those middle of the field reads, whether or not he can tell when a blitz is coming and how heavy the blitz is going to be, and really what he does also when that blitz does come and he's forced to move outside the pocket. That's one area where Case Keenum is absolutely atrocious, is having to move outside the pocket, and when he gets on his horse, things are not going to be uh, going well. He cannot run on on the run very well. So, Jared Goff, your starting quarterback this coming week for the Los Angeles Rams against the Miami Dolphins. He's going to have to go up against a Jekyll and sort of defense in the Miami Dolphins. They're uh, uh, allowing just 120 rushing yards uh, per game. That's sixth in the NFL. So it could be a tough day for Todd Gurley to really get going if that defense continues to be as staunch as they have been against the run. Passing-wise, could be a huge day for Jared Goff. They're allowing 219 passing yards a game. That's good for 28th in the league. So um, a defense just absolutely ripe for the picking uh, in the passing offense. If Jared Goff can get his receivers involved and make crisp, clean throws to give his guys room to move up the field, we very well could see a Rams victory. One final note I did want to make before we move on to our Rams segment is that Tony is changing his pick. Now with Jared Goff starting this week, he is going to go ahead and say that the Rams are going to win this game. He had originally picked the Dolphins, and we shall see what happens. Jared Goff is your starter for Los Angeles. He will open up to a home crowd on Sunday when the Rams play the Dolphins. Now let's move on to our Rams re- Recap. Ram it. Well, welcome back, Coasters. Here we are. Ram section. Plenty to talk about. Yeah, rousing victory. Boy, what a tough one. Let's Wake me up. Let's break this down. Nine six to the New York Jets. Now nobody's gonna sit around and complain about this this from a winning standpoint. Jeff Fisher, as we well know, when we win, it's a precious thing. So let's fleeting, fleeting thing. Let's 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 hold on to that. But in the meantime, we probably saw one of the worst showings out of the Rams this year, if not the worst, and it couldn't happen at a worse time. 
pretty it, unwatchable game. It could yeah, happen at worst. Be worse, like a, just an unwatchable game or a bad team game. It's a combination of everything. If yeah. if you were to watch the highlights, they were a minute thirty, and two of them were punts, and two of them were punts. Which, by the way, Johnny Hecker, new MVP, if he Holy wasn't already, cow. seventy-eight yards was his longest punt. That's insane. He was averaging fifty on seven punts. on seven punts, and four of them inside the twenty. He he honestly helped like was the biggest factor. He in would them flip the, the field no every. Hands he down. would flip the field fifty yards. Flip the field every time his foot touched the ball. Yeah, and no no uh, the offense for both teams could not move it at all so field position makes you win that game so I don't know where to start with how disappointed I was because I, there's there's a lot to there's a lot to consider a step back in my opinion mm-hmm. one of them was the inability to beat a team with Bryce Petty at quarterback well I mean they but beat they him won. still like they still beat him, sure, but they didn't. They didn't beat down Bryce Petty. Yes, you, you. T- we talked about this last week. The New York Jets are a demoralized team. Yeah, they are yes. a demoralized team. Yeah, you cannot be a playoff team and only beat the New York Jets by three points. <laughs> I'm a, I hate to break it to you. No, that's that's a reality check for everybody. But hey, Brian, just just just, just take this in consideration. Typically, West Coast teams that travel across country and play that 10 a.m. game have pretty miserable records. The boys in Vegas didn't take kindly. That that spread was pretty darn close. And what in, was it? Yeah. What did it close at? Tony, like minus two? Yeah, it was in favor of the Jets still, who, was the, who were the worst team record-wise. So technically, the Rams upset the Jets. So as the great Jim Harbaugh says, a win is a win is a win is a win. I think you take half class full and you get that win and get out of there. And I think there were some signs of life in this Rams team. Yes, that offense only scored nine points, but Kenny Britt had a great first half. He caught like four third down catches that moved the sticks. And second half, we finally saw life out of number 30, Todd Gurley. How low have we set this bar? Oh, low. <laughs> How ho- I mean, oh, they're not good. Let's low. let's let's again get back to reality. I'm saying in the scope of things as being potential fans of this team, where you know, where where are you going to drink the Kool-Aid cuz it, it's it there's there's a lot of it flowing here because I'm telling you when you have a starting quarterback who's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns, who has a 77 passer rating, to me, to me, we have a problem, and 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 with a caliber of defense like the LA Rams have, I I all I see is Jeff well, I agree Fisher. With you. I was just trying to be optimistic. <laughs> all I see good. is Jeff Fisher making well, excuses. That's the thing. I, I don't know if they're not good in this NFC, where none of these middle of the road teams, none of these wild played? card teams, are moving forward to to move ahead. This defense is keeping them in games. They got to get a tap on the back. We've been very angry against this offense, just throwing them under the bus the whole season with Jeff Fisher. But the only thing that's making this Rams team even competitive is this defense. They're, 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 no the, argument, the, but the Alec Ogletree interception won them the game last week, cemented the win, and the defense held Bryce Petty and the Jets to one touchdown and a missed extra point. That's it. That's all they got. You done? Yeah, you, you done? I'm, I'm trying to find hope in this team. If, it, they, if it, their it, offense if was anything better than the 32nd offense in, in the league, they'd be a wild card team. No kidding. But I'll give you a stat that will personally blow a hole through that that argument and that is they're one and four in the last five games they're one and four in the last five games the Seahawks are three and one and one in the last five games so is the Arizona Cardinals they're three one and one I've killed the Arizona Cardinals that's true the LA Rams are a team currently right now that is they're they're floundering 
Because again, I will say it again, the New York Jets, ladies and gentlemen, I know it's in New York, but we didn't talk about them only putting nine points up. Where's, where is Todd Gurley? No, he, he played really well in the second half of the game. He did. 52 yards. Uh, he Brian, played I'm going to really tell you well. something. The Jets are pretty much a mirror of the Rams. When you really think about it, they're a mirror of the Rams. And once again, they're... And what does that say about Case Keenum? Oh, Case Keenum. Listen, Case Keenum, people want to say, you know, people are calling for Goff. I'm not sure... Goff watch. What, what 2016. Your are. Oh, we want Goff. But here, here's the thing, guys. The NFL is a business, a booming business. Coaches are paid to win games. Coaches are paid to make decisions. There's no politics at quarterback position in the NFL. I'm sorry. That's why Tony Romo is still on the bench because he's there's no reason for him to be on the field. Jeff Fisher clearly thinks that Case Keenum, regardless of how bad he is, is the best option for them to win the football game. That's what That's he thinks. That's scary. And it's scary because they took Goff at one overall. Jared Goff would get murdered and killed if he could, and he'd be the next. You look at the careers of Blaine Gabbert down the tube. I think Blake Bortles is ahead of that way. You you throw a young rookie quarterback to the dogs, it doesn't work anymore. And what does that say about Jeff Fisher's decision-making? I don't know. I, I mean, clearly we can make I mean, fun of his record all day right? long. He did not look like he knew what he was doing. No, not knows. at all. Neither Jared did Goff. Jared Goff. No, Jared Goff and Jeff Fisher didn't know. Like, oh, they, yeah. like I didn't have any faith in them after watching Again, that documentary. Guys, I'm not trying to be negative, but Jeff Fisher has the most losses. I know you have to coach a lot of games, but the most losses of any coach in the NFL. No, oh, we've, we've roasted Jeff Fisher on a, on a stick Oh, God, over it's, here. it's been on repeat. But, but here's the thing. To bring it back to optimism, the L.A. Rams, the, the shitty, shitty L.A. Rams, have the 12th-ranked defense on DVOA. Hey man, I'm not knocking with, their defense. With uh, only oh, f- with uh, they have they have a cool thing on DVOA with the variance, meaning like how often do they perform away from where they're ranked right now? And they are in the bottom twenties of variance, meaning they're this defense every week that you see them. They play the same way with defense. The only thing is if they can get a little bit more help from a guy like Jared Goff, they they're only one game out of the wild card right now with plenty of games to play. And their schedule is pretty favorable. This game against Miami coming up is not an unwinnable game in the Coliseum. All right. Well, let, that's cute, too. But think about <laughs> think about this. I'll give you some defenses right now. Currently, who have the same record as they do with better defense. Okay? Philadelphia Eagles. I'd say on par. No, <laughs> not true at all either. They're you know they're about they're about two touchdowns I mean, short. The, the football okay. outsiders have keep them going. as the best defense in the NFL. Keep going. I'll keep going. Well, then they're f- full of it because this one's going to blow your mind. The New York Giants have a better defense. No shot in hell. One sixty four to one seventy three. Yes, that's point differential. No shot in hell. You yeah, can I, tell me the Giants are a better defensive team than the other. I'm just Give telling the you. The Giants. I'm just telling you that the Rams are currently and not again, and one again, of the best. Stats prove me wrong. Football DVOA has the Giants ninth, the Rams twelfth. But I mean, maybe it's just my my predilection here. I don't like the Giants defense. I'd rather have the Rams defense. But that's my point. Is yeah. we we're we're clinging on to this 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 unit that is so much better than its than its counterpart part so the offense better. so, so much, much better, better that it's allowing you to influence you that they're better than they actually really are they're really just a decent defense could you imagine what they could do if they could get Todd Gurley going what that would do to help that defense be off the field it would mean everything I you know I, I still contend Goff needs to be in there but that's but that's what I mean if it isn't on the if the writing isn't on the wall in this scenario you're drinking the Kool-Aid and Jeff Fisher's drinking his own Kool-Aid because I would be hitting the panic button right I'm, now. I'm not hitting the panic button because they're knocking on the door. 
There is no NFC team in that middle ground that you can tell tell me is is going to run away with this wild card. Even the Giants at six and three right now are not a believable six and three team. They have the softest schedule in the world. The Rams, if they can string together these wins and win who's on their schedule, they're fighting in Week 17 to make the extra part of the season. And speaking of schedule, so next week we've got the Miami Dolphins, who are also on fire. Recently. If you didn't want to play, if there was one team besides the maybe the Dallas Cowboys you didn't want to play it's Miami this Dolphins. week, it might be, might be the Miami Dolphins because they have looked stellar. So like JHI has been running so well these last couple of weeks, it's given Ryan Tannehill new life. That guy looks comfortable, looks like he's throwing with confidence. He made a couple throws with a guy in his face off his back foot for touchdowns. Name me the last time you saw a Ryan Tannehill highlight of him throwing off his back foot with a guy in his face and dunking one. just doesn't happen. Well, and it's interesting, too, because the Dolphins have been a completely different team on the road than home. They have a 1-3 and three road record. Unfortunately, L.A. has proven this year they don't really have much of home field advantage. No, they, they do not. They home themselves. No, they do not. So it, it, it's, it's interesting. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to stir the pot right now, and this is maybe off subject, but I think... One person that should be watching this game on Sunday very carefully, Tony Romo. I think Tony Romo plays quarterback at either of those teams, LA or Miami, and they're immediate contenders. Wow. I think it's going to happen. Never thought of that. I think it's going to happen. I mean, you think about Romo. He's he, he's supposedly went into this year the healthiest that he's ever been in yep. his life. Didn't make so it through excited. the preseason. His job, he's done. I mean, Dak Prescott... Unless he completely lays an egg the second half, which I don't anticipate doing. No their team, way. Their team's too good. Their team's too good to do it. Yeah, That's quarterback back of the future. Yep. And I think those two teams, based on their defenses, based on the markets, Miami and L.A., Tony Romo goes to either of those teams. They're contenders immediately. There boys. is no shot in hell Tony Romo's on the Rams next year. No shot in hell. I, I, I love Tony Romo. I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying I would love look for at him. him to be on the Rams, but with Jared Goff sitting in the wings, you can't stunt his Imagine growth the anymore. Imagine love Tony Romo. They would love oh, they would love Tony Romo. Dude, I they don't, would love him. I'm with him. I, I would actually say I could see a Tony Romo here because both of them need to revive and need competition, and if you want to get the best out of him, you you compete you compete with a guy like Tony Roman. You learn from a guy like Tony. You turn Roma. Jared Goff into a, 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 a as opposed to a two year project, turn him to a four year project. Tony's got three good years. <sighs> That's hard to sell. I mean, I, I'm but, with but you. here's the I'm alternative. Really good, he's I'd not like ready it. to play. He's here's bad. the here's the alternative. He's bad. No, truly, here's the alternative. Bring him on board. If he gets hurt. You have Jared Goff sitting right there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah. look at what we've learning. What what we're learning about at least teams like Green Bay. New England, like you need a guy. I mean, think about what Tom Brady did. He had a Drew Drew Bledsoe in front of him. Aaron Rodgers had Brett Favre. Yeah, there is a consistent track record with the teams year in and year out that win because they groom quarterbacks. Well, Jared Goff does have Case Keenum, so there's some oh, grooming God. going along there. So, all right, well, let's get to the pick. Case got picked third in our Wednesday afternoon football league when he played. You know that, right? <laughs> I think I was the second overall pick. Case went behind me. <laughs> That's how good he is. Well, well then, so how does everybody feel about this game? Are we going Rams? Are we going, are we going this Dolphins? This is hard. As Drew said, it's a 1-3 and three road record at a 1-3 and three home record. Tony, I, give it. I got to say, I'm going with Miami. Like, they just can score more points than the Rams can when okay. it comes to the All end right. of the day. Drew. I have a 7-6 home square. Uh, I haven't hit yet this year. I'm going 17-16 Rams. Ram it. Oh boy! I think it's gonna be an ugly. I think it's gonna be unwatchable, ugly, and tightly contested. But I think uh, I'll take the Rams in a squeaker. Okay. All right. Well, I'm actually gonna go with Tony. I mean, when you 
when I said the Rams were one and four, the Miami Dolphins are four and one in the last five games. Impressive five, as hell. Four and one, and I and I think it's going to be five and one when it's all said and done. So, well, there we go. Everybody's in the record books. Now we got now it's time to make the rest of the picks. I'm excited for Drew to be here for to, for Drew to see how he stacks against the other guest hosts. I think he's got it. I mean, he's been pretty spot on so far, but we'll have to see. So you guys stick around, yep. and we'll be back. All right, ram it. And now, before we get to our Week 11 picks, we're going to give it over to Brian with our injury report. What, uh, what's going on up there, Brian? All right. Well, first and foremost, we got a big one out of Rob Gronkowski. What happened to him? It sounds awful. Oh, no. He punctured his lung. Oh, my God. And he played. And he played. Oh, my God. That was on the Earl Thomas hit. Yeah. And he punctured his lung. Gronk got hurt. Oh, my God. Gronk hurt. Gronk sat down. He Gronk? must have been. I mean, he looked like he was in pain. Absolutely. Rob Gronkowski is made of steel and stone. If anyone in this room or 99.9% of America got a punctured lung, they would weep. Yeah. There would be crocodile <laughs> tears shooting out of their eyes. Yeah, a I'd punctured say, lung? How do you even play? Like that, like painkillers, man. How do you even pain walk? No, and my, I'd be you like, in my life, it. it's time to go. Like you, Oh, I'm sure the adrenaline's over. going. Your <laughs> lung has a hole it in it. It is filling up with blood. Like that's what I happens. get it, but I'm saying though something's got to keep you going, and it's got to be the your adrenaline gland just going crazy because okay, you have to be grunk. I, I, or you're on painkillers, one or the other. But that's uh, that's Gronk, his injury. Gronk, Gronk. That's a huge loss. I mean, Martellus Bennett. Gronk. Well, yeah, when it comes to the NFL, it says he's only going to miss one game, which might be even more the crazy. <laughs> that sucks. He might be only miss one game. More than I know. Sorrell sucks. Sucks. This, tears his bicep that uh, he's back in two, two weeks, weeks, and he's like, I got it. Like, okay, sure you do. Go but, in, yeah, go ahead. Put Lee. nice bandage on. It. I'm ready to go. The, New England nuts. might be the only team, other than even with losing Brady. Actually, they can lose anyone and be like, we're the Patriots. We're okay. But uh, <laughs> we'll make it. But Gronk, they need Gronk. They didn't to win have the Super Gronk Bowl. at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah they need so Gronk I think they're going to gonna be Super fine. Bowl, they're going to be fine. Okay, so next we've got. You want to talk about adding insult to injury? Eric Kendricks and Xavier Rhodes going down for the Minnesota Vikings. That's those, tough. those are the two last guys, other than Aaron Barr, who you would want not on that field for that so defense. Eric Kendricks looks a little bit worse. It was a it was a hip injury, and he didn't come back into the game. And it, that those are never good. The low body injury. Xavier Rhodes is simply a concussion. I say simply. It's all always a very scary sure. thing. But concussion seems to be bounce backable more than Eric Kendricks. But you, but from a demoralization standpoint, I couldn't imagine a, a team right now that didn't need that more. I mean, maybe than the Green Bay Packers probably. But yeah. but even the Minnesota Vikings. We talked about them falling so far. Those are going to hurt, and I think that's going to put the put the kibosh on their season. Did you unfortunately know in the in preseason when obviously Bridgewater had the non contact ACL? Oh God! They we, rushed him to the hospital because he severed an artery, and they actually had to rush to save his leg. I read that. That was not just some kind. No, of No, that's accident. that makes sense now because owner came out the next day and said, "Thank you to the medical staff for doing what they did. They did more than any any of us could ever expect. Holy shit, saved his life. That. A non-contact yeah. play. Like I, I I read that, and they don't think he might. That's why they got Bradford obviously because they're not sure if he's going to be ready for next year. His football career is in legitimate jeopardy, just like oh, Marcus so Lattimore. Sad. Oh, Remember yeah, that yes. started running back for South Carolina. Yes. He tore his knee in half. He, he never returned. Let's hope he gets back because he seems like a great quarterback. But Question is, I had no idea this very that injury. What the heck did he, he do? No one we knows. We still There's don't no know that. But think about that. They had to. I mean, people don't get taken away with ACL tears in an ambulance. No, they they walked there essentially. He was in an ambulance, rushed the ER to save his leg. Pretty scary stuff. Wow, shit. 
Well, uh, on that bright news, we've also got another injury. Uh, Jake Long, left tackle, Vikings. Oh, uh, uh, Kyle Long as well. It was a rough, rough week oh, for the Longs. Oh, God. If you, uh, if you had the not last related. name Long, you were in trouble. So, I mean, a, a real, real tough loss for both teams because, you know, yeah, Kyle Long's. I mean, both of these teams, the Vikings have fallen apart, but Kyle Long just seems to be a good guy in the NFL. Well, well, the thing with Kyle too is, I mean, he's also one of those guys that is probably one of the best guards in the league. Yeah. So when he's not on the field, you lose a huge chunk of production when you're the Chicago Bears, and kind of explains why he's been in and out, and the Chicago Bears can't keep going. And Jake Long, former number one pick out of the University of Michigan. Uh, really worked hard to get himself in the starting left tackle position for Minnesota. Got to feel bad for the guy because at yep. this at this stage in his career, torn Achilles, you just know if you're going to come back from it's it. Tough. So wish so, him the best. Too. Wish him the best as well. Right. But that is the injury report this week. Next, we have our schedule. We'll be doing some pick em. picks, and we got to got to remind everybody who's in, who's who's in number one. So <laughs> yeah, stick with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> Ram it. D- Dangles and I and, and Brian all went nine and five last week. Pretty good week for all of us. Dangles improved to sixty six and sixty two, scratching above five hundred. I'm at seventy three and fifty five. Brian leading the way, seventy seven and fifty one. Four games wow. up on me. Still a lot of games to be played. Drew, we do have a guest host leaderboard that uh, the top number on there is eight and seven. For it? Yeah, eight. I want it. Eight and seven's the first place, so you don't got to do earn much. Got to earn it. Got to earn it. Eight and seven's beatable. Uh, wow. The low is five and seven, so you know there's there's still a, there's still a valley as well as a mountain here. Uh, in the first game we did was the Rams game. Drew was the only player to take the Rams. Brian and Dangles took Miami. Brian, start us with Thursday, buddy. Thursday night game we have this week: the Saints at the Panthers. It's <laughs> a fun one. Thursday finally got a good game. I don't Finally. know. I wouldn't go that far. You know, the last time they played, it was like 48-51, something like that. Sure, but I, I'm not looking at either of these teams to go to the playoffs. Oh, I think it'll be fun to watch. Drew, what do you got? Ah, uh, boy, oh, boy. I know I talked about how the Panthers season effectively ended, but I got to take Carolina. Uh, I am with you. Where is this game? At Carolina. Yeah, that's what's going to change it for me. These two teams love to play each other, and by that I mean they hate each other. And I just think Carolina pulls this one. They split it. All right, well, I'm going to go with New Orleans. I think what New Orleans was able to do against Denver, uh, they their defense showed up for the first time. I know they lost. Yes, they did. But um, that's a team in Drew Brees that I think it, they're not quite their their record either. I think they should be competing right now. And that's coming from somebody who dogged them early in the season. So mm-hmm. I think they still got a little gusto in them. I don't think the Panthers are very good, and I don't think they're 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 not dominant at home. So I think it's a waiver. So Dangles, I'm with the Saints. Dangle sits with me and Drew and takes the Panthers. Oh, can't wait to and be also right. lost the Saints loss because a gentleman jumped over the offensive line and blocked an extra point. Exactly. That's kind rare of, stuff. Stepped kind of out of bounds, there. it looked like. Rare kind, kind stuff. Of, kind of weird. Oh, he did. He stepped out of bounds. He That's why you wear white shoes. All right, yeah. so yep. then we're going into Sunday here. Next, we have the Steelers at the Browns. Steelers. Steelers. Pittsburgh. All right. Dangles. I mean, he took the Steelers as well. Oh. I think I think it's going to be... Move on. Do, do, we, do we have an 0-16 team here? I believe so, we do. It's looking like it. I and, really and okay, I'm going to sit here, actually, because I remember this got me mad. On Thursday night, 
what's his face? Uh, Hugh Jackson of the Browns taking out his quarterback, Cody Kessel, when they were in the game to replace it with Josh McCown. Very he then threw two picks and fumbled once and cost me my pick of the Browns. What, what was that? What was, I don't that was know. punishment for taking the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I don't know the reason. I really don't. When that happened, I remember you texting being like, what's going on? And all of us were like, no, I don't know. Cleveland, baby. Got nothing. Factory right. of sadness. Next, we have the Ravens at the Cowboys. Uh, Ravens are somehow a divisional leading team. Do we believe in them? No. One bit? Here's here's what I think. I look at that game. That's the game that when I look at the Ravens' schedule like two or three weeks back, I go, that's a loss. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking Dallas. What does Dangles got? Dallas. There we go. I'll take Dallas, but I'm going to take, uh, for recreational purposes, I might, I might take the ATS there with the Ravens if they're under touchdown. I think the Ravens keep it close, but I'll take Dallas. Okay. Right. Next, we have the Jaguars at the Lions. All right, here we I'm go. Taking, man? Uh, <laughs> this is going to make me think. Don't don't think about uh, it. Of course not. It's, it's going to be Matt Stafford Lions, lining up the boards. Wires but dude, in the wild. Don't tell me. Forward Rea- down the field. Reality check. Lions fan, not drinking the Kool-Aid for this very half second. Don't be surprised if they lose that game. I think it'll be I would a fun be game. I think it'll be a fun game. But don't be here's surprised. the thing. Out of all these on the Titans, remember that. Ah, dude. Out of all these young quarterbacks that are coming in their own and playing really, really well, Blake Bortles has missed this boat. Steamy He's pile of horrible. garbage. Yeah. Steamy pile of garbage. Like stats they come missed. on garbage time when they're down. Exactly. It look, they, look, they look like he missed. they missed again on a quarterback. And you know what stinks? I like the guy. I, I was rooting for him. I really was. I Very the, handsome. He looks bad. His, his, his mechanics are going out the window. That's when you know a quarterback's losing grip with reality. I've been reading... His commitment to the game's even questionable at this point. Oh, like what? Really? Good. I didn't hear he, that. He brought in his own throwing coach from like high school to try I to help out that. and stuff. So. I saw that. It's just not work. It's not clicking for him there. And uh, Dangles believes the Lions win as well. God, that just gave me like like my stomach dropped a little bit. Like they literally just missed out on a quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Too bad, guys. R.I.P. Justin N- Blackman wasn't a very good pick either. Oh God. <laughs> oh God. They're. Uh, Somebody needs to get fired again. Next, we have the Titans at the Colts. Tony. Here's the thing. This is this is my pick's easy on this one. I'm taking the Titans because both of these teams just beat the shit out of my Packers. But there was a difference in those two games. Indy allowed the Packers to come back, and when the and Aaron Rodgers started scoring points, Indy stalled. Tennessee, Aaron Rodgers started to score points against Tennessee, and Tennessee just shook it, their head and said, we got the ball back, right? We got this. And kept on scoring points. Tennessee's the better team. I think they beat the Colts, and I think they end up winning this division. Dude, the Colts, man. Like, Drew, what? What? Double-headed, the double-headed running back tandem, you know, but not, but not so much anymore, but somehow... DeMarco Murray throws DeMarco touchdowns. Awesome. Yeah. DeMarco Murray throws touchdowns. They're now. having fun. I think... Here's the thing. I'm still an uh, Andrew Luck loyalist. I still believe I still believe he's potentially top five quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he has m- much talent around him. I saw something in that Packers game from him specifically that showed me they weren't done. I think they have a bye. Their division's in their reach. I think they get it done, so I'll take the Colts. Okay. All right. What does Dangles got? He, he has Tennessee. Okay. Just making sure. And did you? you pick, did you think? Ah, oh, dude, Titans. Okay. All right. It's a Titans, game for man. me. Drew stands a lot. All right, we'll see. Uh, next, we have the Bills at the Bengals. Oh, the Bengals look like a dumpster fire. They really do. I think. Actually, hold on. Time out. Now I'm going to catch myself 
because the last five times I've given a gravestone to a team, they've won their following game. Wow. So I'm keeping with my logic. You just go got Bengals. That. I just Good for you. That, that was a pure moment right go there. Go Bengals. Okay. All right. Well, Drew, what do we got? This is a this is a coin flip for me, and, and I very think much the, so. I think the spread will reflect that. Um, going with Tony's philosophy. Let's I, go, I, Dalton. I, gra- I graveyard the Bills. Right? Oh that's yeah, my favorite that's true. So I'm gonna follow you, being a guest of the show, following the leader, uh-huh. the Bills. All since right, I just buried him. Dangles, who you killed the Bills for, also took the Bills. All right, I'm uh, I'm gonna go with the Bills. No one. Woo, let's so go, Cincy. Like the Buffalo Bills. Red Rifle, Red Rifle. Let's go. All right, I'll stand alone on that mountain. Okay. We have a doppelganger here for Red Rifle. Yep. If there's anybody who looks like Andy Dalton, it is me. Definitely is. <laughs> I wish this guy has an awesome career. I could play him on television. Oh, for sure. Totally could. God. Like a lifetime movie. Yeah. God. For sure. Fingers crossed. Come on, buddy. Keep keep it going. And my favorite secret team when I when I was a younger. That's true. Lad. True story. Full circle. Buccaneers at the Chiefs. Here's again. Here's here's the Chiefs. Like let's make it. Let's see how you dominate this. This is this if is they, easy. This if, is easy, guys. They, the Chiefs have proven to beat these teams. If they, can they take don't it home. make mistakes, they don't make mistakes. The Campbell's chunky soup offense. They just slowly All beat right. these teams. <laughs> I'm going Love with the it. Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs too. Uh, as is Dangles. If I had a uh, loser pool left, which I don't, because the Seahawks royally, pardon my language, fucked me out of that <laughs> last night. I would take the Buccaneers to lose, meaning I'm on the Chiefs. Big. Okay. There we go. Okay. All around. Next, we have the Bears at the Giants. God damn it. <laughs> the Giants, man. The Giants Guys, are we, getting a what wild card. What is Jay card. Cutler doing? Here's the thing. Is he still a pro quarterback? I heard, I heard breaking news today. This, was, this actually was titled breaking news that Jay Cutler has lost the locker room. I think that's five years old. <laughs> Jake Cutler hasn't had this locker room Here's since 2011. I don't know what they were talking about. Who who released that? Just that was seriously. ESPN. Breaking news: Jake Cutler has lost the locker room. And what room. was they the details? What was two two uh, two unnamed sources in the locker room said they don't believe in Jake Cutler anymore. I think they were just asking the towel boy and whoever was around because <laughs> anyone said we don't believe in Jake. Yeah, Cutler Yeah, which two idiots uh, needed to go out and tell the world about it? Because everybody, it's what everybody else knew Remember already. Remember when he got taken on the NFC Championship game <laughs> because and of looked a like he was sore knee. <laughs> And just looked like he was just like at the mall. <laughs> like he just looked I like he was like game. waiting was in line the at the Apple store. Walking up and down the sidelines. Like, like, like he went to the Apple was... store to get an appointment and then he went to like, then he like went to Chipotle and then he came back. And <laughs> One of the highlights of my life. With all this said, and Dangles, he... Dangles takes the Bears in oh this game. Oh my God, Dangles. That's a wrong pick. No, <laughs> that's why Dangles is in third place. I'm yeah. taking the Giants, Brian. Get out of here, that shouldn't even be a legitimate question. G-men all the way. New York football giants. All right, here we go. Cardinals at the Vikings. Which which dumpster fire out dumpster fire is the other one? Cardinals at the Vikings. Uh, I think Arizona can score points. I mean, there might not be a good team, but... Did I, you see Carson Palmer? I know, man, but I, I, I think Minnesota's falling apart more than Don't disagree, Arizona but... Is. I I, I I don't know, man. Zimmer's got his team in, in at least in a mode where they know they can play at home. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm taking Arizona Dangles as well. Brian, are you taking mini then? I'm gonna go mini and this and they're gonna get my um they're gonna get my kill team if they lose this game. Oh, for sure. That what do they have? Four in a row? That'll be five in a row, excuse I don't me. Know. Done. Uh, Done. Similar to the Colts and the AFC making a second half push. I like the Cardinals to make a second half push here. I think they I think they win in Minnesota. I'll, okay. I'll take I'll take Arizona. God, you make it so convincing. Next, we have the Patriots at the 49ers. 
<laughs> Nothing makes you feel better after a loss than getting Get the, the San Francisco Chip Kelly and the 49ers. Just a punching bag. Uh, I think New England's going to win this, guys. I think it's pretty safe. Now, the question is, what's the spread? Because Arizona, a much worse team than New England, got a plus 13, a minus 13. They were 13 points favorite. Home. This is in San Francisco. Yeah, but do, do we, I don't, I think it's going to be like a 17. It'll be under two touchdowns, I bet, on the road. All right. I think so, too. I bet you, I bet you 10, 10 in points. In fact, Tony, I, I, bet, 13. I bet it'll be a 13 and a half. I bet it'll be a hook or even two touchdowns, but I don't think it'll be over two touchdowns on the road. All right. I mean, I'm still taking New England. Give me the Patriots. As is Dangles. Yeah. As we all should be. Next, we have the Eagles at the Seahawks. How about them Eagles? Game. Finally a good game in How the schedule. How about them Eagles? Yeah. Oh, seriously. The Eagles are a really, really good team. That really division, good team. swear to God, mm. it never ceases to, to, to impress. Who are you taking, Drew? Now, who hosts this game again? I'm sorry. At the Seahawks. Okay. At Seattle. Okay. And uh, eh. in the spirit of our old boy, Jim Shorts, who we grew so fond of, not. Um, I always root for him to lose, typically, so... Uh, I like the Seahawks anyway. I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah, I think Big, this. I, I think I think the Seahawks had a statement game. Like we didn't talk about them in the recap you section. That defense. Really like, think about this. You put that defense in that environment in front of a rookie quarterback. Good night. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Seahawks are going to roll. Hey, but then again, if if Carson Wentz can beat Seattle in Seattle, Jesus Christ, does Goff look like a terrible pick? And I'll uh, be very thankful I didn't kill them. I'm going with Seattle. Dangle's going with Seattle. Drew's going with Seattle. Brian. Seattle. Okay. I just don't think I, I, I. Now here's the interesting thing: if you switched uh, the uh, away home, I might pick the oh, Eagles. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I would probably pick the Eagles. This is going to be a good game to watch. Yep. So exciting! Next, we have the late game. The Terrible Sunday night. Terrible. St- Terrible. Let me get, let me just say it. Sunday night game: the Packers at the Redskins. Terrible. Uh, I, I, th- we. <laughs> I think they might lose this game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so as well. What what's pointing to it that they win? Like what what's what signs of this pointing? This might up be here? the first week I don't pick the Packers to win. Mike McCarthy, what was his quote? Let's face it. I've been a very successful coach. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even say with a straight face. Historically I've been a very successful coach. What a dumbass. Tony, am I right? This is a rematch of last year's wild, wild card game. game. In Washington, in Washington where Green Bay won, but also did not look convincing in their win against a very young Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins was a was a was a Starting quarterback in the league. Uh, we're going to have it. we're going to have a lot of trouble covering their wide receivers. I see Jordan Reed having a big game. I see Fat Rob Kelly doing a good job running the ball against us, and I see their defense making it tough for yeah, us. Yeah, I think that defensive line is in Aaron Rodgers' face. The question is, does Kirk Cousins make mistakes? I don't know if we get to pressure him enough. How did we not get to Indy the two weekends ago? Mariota had all day to throw. I'm I can't I can't do it. Dangles is taking the Packers. I'm taking the Redskins. I'm taking the Redskins as well. Man, I'll tell you what, Tony. You're convincing as a Packers fan to pick against them. I'm on the fence, but after that, I got to take the Redskins. I got to take the Redskins. He knows something we don't, that's for sure. My team stinks. Next, we have the Monday night game, the Texans at the Raiders. See, on paper, this should be a good game. Six and two, uh, six and three at seven and two. I can't reiterate enough how awful I think the Texans are. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's been a slow progression. It's just they're not living up to expectations. You hope every week this is going to be the week they turn on the gas, but they're kind of just, you, you, you actually see the ceiling of Brock Osweiler, and he's hitting it hard. Yeah, real hard. Real hard. So I, I don't think you come off, excuse me, but the Raiders had a bye, no? They had the bye, and, and lost the fact they had the bye is what last time we saw them beating a Broncos team, Yeah, really taking control of that division, minus the Chiefs, of course. They're this might be a two-touchdown game. They're going to be fired genuinely. up. I like Oakland big. Yeah. This I might like be a two-touchdown 
Two like touchdown game. Big, as does Dangles. All right, man. Lay them, baby. Lay the points. All right, another week in the uh, books, and this one, I'm excited to see how this this ball pans out. I think we could be talking about some games that we thought were pretty solid that somehow got slipped through the cracks, and we'll be back at it next week talking about those big wins and big losses. And, and the Rams, man, they got a big game, Miami. We need you. Come on, Jeff. Put the kid in. Let's go. Oh, Let's golf. make it happen. Let's give us something to talk about next and week. And also, before we leave, I will say we got Thanksgiving coming up next week. There's a chance we do two shows. We haven't figured it out yet, but there's a chance. We'll have plenty to give you guys with your turkey and your mashed potatoes and your cranberry sauce. Maybe a double dose of us. But uh, we want to say thank you from everybody. And most importantly, thank you to Drew yeah, Crookston great job, buddy. for jumping in. I, Seamless, I, with a, but with a heartfelt Cub story. I'd seriously like to thank both you guys, Tony and Brian, my two good friends. Uh, I listened to a couple podcasts. I'm listening to all of them from here on out. I loved being here. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about my Cubs experience because it was very special to me. And it was awesome. You guys do a great job. So hopefully I get invited back. You're welcome. You're welcome. And please hit us up at the Left Coasters Podcast at gmail.com and check us out on Facebook at the Left Coasters Podcast. We'll keep uploading and you keep listening. And we'll be here next week giving you all the fresh things about the NFL. Have a great weekend. Be safe and ram it. Ram it. Go Lions. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On Press Box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access. 